Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the lovely Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey No Chill Prano. Good morning, Andrew. How you feeling today, buddy? I'm a little tired. I've had, uh, I have had a, lot of, a lot of early mornings the last few weeks. Uh, I decided to sleep in today. I went out and uh, I did all-you-can-eat sushi last night. You owe me all you can eat sushi. I, know. I already owed my brother all you can eat sushi because he hooked me up with a laptop. So I was like, I'll take my brother out to all you can eat. And then we went to his yacht club and uh, had some Mai Tais. And I was like planning on sleeping in this morning. But you know, when you get up early, then like you don't get up early, you're even more tired. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I like went to sleep, got up at like 730 like I usually do and was like, nope, today. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sleep in a little bit. So I went. I took the dog out, and then I went back to bed. And now I'm like more tired than if I had just gotten up at 7:30. What I've noticed will destroy me. Yeah, is basically doing that. Like if I wake up early and then decide to go back to sleep, even if I'm just still in bed. Yeah. Like, like exactly. let's say let's say the alarm goes off at 7:30, and I say no, I need more sleep. Then I wake up at 8:30. Yeah. Exhausted. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened to me today. So I got my gigantic McCafe over here to be sucking on throughout the show. Get that vanilla McCafe action. You love uh, McDonald's. McDonald's coffee? You do. Highly I've- underrated. <laughs> High, people, people like McDonald's. I'll take McDonald's coffee over Starbucks every day. Oh. Yeah, not even close. I'd love to hear some coffee people talk about that. Yeah. McCafe, good McDonald's coffee. I, I I say it all the time. Highly underrated. I'm also a Dunkin' Donuts guy. Yeah. And then like it's a big East Coast thing. Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's, or I go, uh, or I go like a fancy coffee. You know what I mean? I don't fuck really with like coffee bean or Pete's or Starbucks. Coffee bean does have good uh, crushed ice. So I don't mind a, I don't mind an ice drink from Coffee Bean, but that's about it. I'm a Trader Joe's uh, make it yourself at home green tea guy. Yeah, I was about to say, are you making coffee these days? No, nope, green tea. Have you gotten into the matcha tea? Which one is that? It's a, it's like a it's a different style of green yes, tea. Yes, I did when I was on the road with my mom last week. The hotel had it, and I and I will say, still, I had it two mornings in a row. The matcha green tea. It's, good. Very, it's yeah. very good. It's good. Good pick me up. Good caffeine boost uh, without the coffee crash. I'll tell you what my favorite new coffee. This this is like basic white bitches talk sports. My favorite new coffee drink: iced matcha latte with a shot of espresso in it. Dirty iced matcha latte. Yeah, still within my four four word uh, coffee drink rule. What's your four word coffee drink? If your if your coffee order has more than four words in it, you're dead. <laughs> You're like, I, you should be murdered. Your apartment like, 136. Soy, vanilla, matcha, latte with almond butter. And the, you're like, no, can't. 
Like even, you know, a simple like large black coffee, that's already three. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that rule. It's a good rule. By the way, speaking before we hop into everything, and we will be looking at the comment section today, it is Kobe Bryant's 40th birthday, so I would love to hear from all the Kobe fans out there. We had a, we had a troll, faceless Kobe troll yesterday uh, attack Dirty Sports. We were under troll attack. We, we needed like a troll attack gif. Troll attack! Did you like how I handled that, though? I thought yeah. I handled it well. First of all, this is what I love, guys. Obviously, Joe and I both share the Dirty Sports social media accounts. It's one of those days where I'm not looking at it, and then I open my phone, and I see, like, 20 responses back and forth. And I go, Sometimes oh. I always, like, I go, I'm about to reply, and I go, should I just do this under my own? Should I reply to the Dirty Sports tweet with my own? And then I was like, and then it just seems like I'm a crazy person. I've slid into somebody else's. Yeah. So then I just started doing it with Dirty Sports. The, Co- the Kobe slurp came out of nowhere, too. Well, let's, dis- let's discuss this gentleman. This gentleman... Uh, hid behind a picture of Kim Jong-un, and I start reading the tweets, and it quickly diverts from you basically owning him in, in the same argument that any common sense person at this point will understand, um, that Kobe didn't win anything without a dominant big man. Uh, and by anything, we mean a playoff series. Yes. So, whatever. you know. Uh, but I also know you need more than one guy to win a championship so I'll right. give I'll give Kobe that you know right you just don't need more than one guy if that guy's a superstar to win playoff series yes to win first round playoff series second round playoff series so anyway then I see it, the conversation quickly takes a pivot to how much money this guy makes this is what I love he called himself uh, a banker who makes six figures yeah. And no, first he said high six figures. High six figures. And I started to figure out, I'm not sure that this guy was even, like he had any sense of what he was saying. Because then later on, dirtballs were coming after him about like his, like flying first class. He's like, I don't have that kind of money. It's like high six figures? You fly you, first class. You make just under a million dollars a year and you don't fly first class? Well, sh- blinking guy meme. <laughs> So basically, I saw the convo. I hopped in for one tweet, which I always like because then it turns into a, a Prano Ruther tag team on a troll and they have no clue. And then I just screenshot his tweets and sarcastically mocked him. And then, which I always love, the dirtball is just Pandora's box. It, it, it's like hell, the wrath and hell and fury of the Dirtball fam opens up and they just go after him. And I think that's the way to approach it now. These trolls, it's like, dude, you're not going to show your face. Okay, justify everything you're saying. I just said not showing your face thing is just so hilarious because it's like, well, I have a job. It's like, if you're not, again, for like the millionth time, if you're not saying shitty things, like you're allowed to be on Twitter. A company, I mean, is this the NFL? Are they saying you're not you're not allowed to have a Twitter account for anything? Yeah. But, you know, I understand it. If you're a banker, which I'm sure this guy isn't, but if you were a banker, you should not be on Twitter with your face and name arguing about Kobe Bryant's greatness because your clients might see it and be like, whoa, my banker doesn't understand numbers. That's a, he doesn't understand that guy that a guy made a career out of shooting fucking thirty percent. That a guy was a 
high volume shooter is the only reason he scored. Like well, I don't. Well, you, well, you, you're you're exaggerating. I don't a want. I don't want. I don't Kobe's want my. I don't want my banker putting my money into investments where it's like high risk, high reward, like crazy volume shooter. No, I don't want. I don't want my money in that. Like find me somebody. Find me an investment that can make you money consistently. Where do you put Kobe? That's the question I thought this morning to ask you. Where do you put Kobe Bryant? If I say Joe Prano, you've been a fan of basketball your whole life. Yeah. Diehard New York Knicks fan over here. Yeah. You studied the game. You've read books. I consider you a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to NBA. Where do you put Kobe Bryant all time? Well... I'd actually have to like sit down to get a specific, but he's. I, I mean, I can say with a hundred percent certainty, he's not top ten. He's not top ten. No, a hundred percent certainty. No, he's not. Give me absolutely a top, not. Can you reel off your top ten off the top of your head? I know it might be might be yeah, tough. I mean, LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, uh, Bill Russell, Magic Johnson's probably in there. Tim Duncan. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant's probably in my top ten at this point. Do you have Bird ahead of Kobe? Bird's uh, absolutely ahead of Kobe. Yeah, Bird's in the top ten. Um, Shaq, Shaq's not probably not in my top ten. Although, like, I would argue that I, it's always difficult because, like, what is that top ten? Like, top ten of their accomplishments all time. Like, Shaq might not be in there as far as like a dominant player. Like, would I take Shaq in his prime over? Almost anybody, yeah. Like Shaq would be in my top five, like prime Shaq over anybody. Yeah. But then you got to look at like Shaq's career in terms of just like sitting out games, not caring, blah blah. blah. Like it's it's different, like the accomplishments. But Shaq, Shaq, like Kobe, has one MVP. You know, like Steph Curry has more MVPs than Kobe. Steve Nash has more MVPs than Kobe. Like, yeah, I think that somehow gets lost in the mix a lot. Because people don't want to acknowledge it. Right. And to be honest, that one MVP, I remember because I was living out in L.A. that time. I believe it was the 2008 season, the season that they lost to the Celtics uh, in the finals. I, mean, I have Hakeem over Kobe for sure. Like, I, honestly, I probably have KG and fucking Dirk over Kobe. Nah. I mean, but, I th- but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're going to say that, but you're not going to remember that Dirk has a— uh, an MVP, and then look at if you go through. Deadspin had a fucking fantastic article they did a couple years ago. Value of a replacement player in his career. What does that mean? Can you explain that? It's it's like WAR, like wins over replacement in, in basketball. It's value over replacement player. So where how much more value you are than just like player X comes in. So then they rank you. They did a great article, and they, it was somebody else's article, but they just like cut it down. They showed the the top player. Throughout Kobe Bryant's career, Kobe Bryant was never the single best player in basketball in his career. I do remember seeing that article. Kevin Garnett had years where he was the best player in basketball. Tim Duncan had years where he was the best player in basketball. So with that, that stat, LeBron bas- James had a decade where he was the best player in basketball. That stat is basically including all all the numbers, right? Offense, defense, yeah, everything, shooting, everything. Gotcha. He's a great scorer, kind of. If you like, it's like saying Carmelo Anthony is a great scorer. Like, yeah, okay, he puts ball in basket. But then when you talk about like people talk about scoring, it's like 
LeBron James is a better scorer than Kobe Bryant. He's more efficient. Oh, he also scores more points per game? <laughs> like, he's going to score more points in his career? Yeah. He's a better scorer. Well, Kobe's a... People love to say scorer because it means that's what the guy did the best. And he didn't really do a whole lot else. Great. Kobe was a fucking okay wing defender. Didn't pass. Didn't rebound. Greatest scorer ever. By what measure? Who says that? Fucking lunatics. I mean, Kevin Durant's a much better scorer than Kobe. Oh, Obviously. Obviously. Kobe Bryant, like, Kobe Bryant would probably be in my 10 to 20 somewhere based solely on, based solely on, like, okay, he did play until he was almost 40, and he did score a bunch of points, and he was responsible partially for five Lakers wins. But, and again, I'm going to only rank guys, like, I'm not going, like, well, here's where he ranks against Elgin Baylor. I didn't watch Elgin Baylor, and, but... You know, you gotta you gotta kind of figure in where do these guys rank? For me, he's still like there are guys, and then forget it. Is he is Kobe Bryant higher on an all time ranking than Ray Allen? Sure. If I had to choose, if I was starting a team and I had a shooting guard, I would take Ray Allen. I would take Ray Allen a hundred percent of the time. If you're like, I'm not gonna tell you your other players, but who would you rather have a shooting guard? Shooting guard, Ray Allen why, or Kobe Bryant? Explain why. People say Ray Allen, oh, he's just a shooter. First of all, go back and look at Ray Allen's early career. Yeah. Ray Allen was not just a shooter. Ray Allen was Ray Allen was Kobe Bryant, but more efficient on horrible teams with no help. The fucking Bucks, the Sonics. Then suddenly Ray Allen in his older years goes to the Celtics and he's a knockdown fucking shooter. He's a better shooter than Kobe Bryant. He's a more efficient scorer. He's just as athletic. And my shooting guard, I don't want you fucking handling the ball the whole goddamn day. I want you to absolutely positively can a three-pointer if I need it. I'm going to take – if I had to build a team all time, you go, I'm not going to tell you who your well, it's, point it's, guard and point you power know what's forward and Would you agree with this now that I think about it? The, the game evolved, especially by the end of Kobe's career. Like, I'm saying Kobe Bryant – let's take Kobe Bryant – getting drafted in 2018. The same Kobe Bryant that was drafted, when was he drafted, 96? Let's say that same player is drafted in 2018. It's a completely different... Like My point is, you do make a valid argument about his three-point shooting, and it's not that good. In today's NBA, the shooting guard has to be a, a, a basically a knockdown shooter. Look at somebody like a DeMar DeRozan. He's kind of in that no-man's land because he can't shoot. I mean, he can shoot. He just but, he's just you know more I, of a mid range scorer. That's what I'm saying. Right. Which which was Kobe too. Yeah. Am I right on that? Yeah. So my point is, do you think I'm right saying if Kobe's drafted today, he might not have as much of a place in today's NBA? Uh, absolutely. And also, I mean, I, I've said it before. Swap T Mac and Kobe Bryant teams during their career. Kobe Bryant has zero championships, and McGrady has more than five. I know you said it before. Why do you think? Why do you think that? Look at look at what he was able to accomplish. Like whenever T Mac had any sense of a team around him, it, it wasn't like oh, the Lakers have Shaq, 
The Rockets have Yao Ming. And Tracy McGrady's winning fucking 20 straight games with Yao Ming. That's like, right. Like, the, the, like, whenever he had the semblance of a team, better fucking, like, just better everything. Better athlete. Better shooter. Better fucking scorer. Just, like, bigger. More athletic. Tracy McGrady, I mean, did he have the work ethic? Of Kobe Bryant or whatever. Who knows? But also, it's hard not to fucking give up on your career and just be like, oh, I'm going to be a fat, lazy loser when you should keep getting passed around by trash teams. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny about the Kobe fans. A lot of them are scared to hop in the comment section right now. They're out fucking celebrating. But but they will troll us on Twitter. I, I see. You want me to read this response sure. you got? So you, you tweeted today. Kobe Bryant turns 40 today. He'll celebrate by taking 30 shots since that's how he's achieved every other 40 he's had. I love this response from bronze fans made me a genius at just trust me, dude. Shocking. His profile pic is a picture of Kobe. He writes, that's weird considering LeBron averages more shots per game than Kobe all time. Kobe had clogged lanes his entire career. I, lo- I love that. Like, What yeah. does that mean? Clogged lanes. Clogged the lanes. Was it clogged arteries? Plumber. Yeah, and Kobe won with Gasol. Yeah, who's also a dominant big man. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, you Kobe hating bag of trash. Yeah, clogged lanes. It's wild, man. People, people hate reality. People like the the LeBron. The I mean. I've seen people, and and my favorite thing is when the Jordan and LeBron argument, like when somebody hops in with Kobe and people are like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> you're, like, Kobe Bryant is not in that conversation at all. When you go down the line from Jordan and, and uh, LeBron in terms of MVPs and career scoring and shooting percentage and rebounds and like the the reason it's an argument is because it's pretty fucking close well the one thing the reason it's not an argument if you go down if you go down statistically lebron kobe and this is out there kobe career better free throw shooter that's That's it. it yeah that's it well not more efficient scorer not more points per game not more rebounds per game not more assists not more anything. Not more anything. Clearly not more MVPs. One MVP. One. A game that I like that you, you've you done basically since we started this show and a point that you've made, which I think we should all remember for all sports, is switch that player with a different player. Switch teams. And I think that's a great way to look at it. Whether it's switching LeBron with Kobe, or like you said, Kobe with Tracy McGrady, or Aaron Rodgers with a Tom Brady, or, you know, Drew Brees with a... To to me, that's how you judge someone's... When we're getting to the level of discussing someone's greatness, right? All the time. Yeah, because people love to count fucking championships. But then, like, I just don't understand... To me, I don't understand where you draw the line. Where the, the it's it's uh, there's a real moving the goalpost situation when people go like, Kobe had five. Well, Robert already had. Uh, Robert already wasn't the best player on the team. Well, Kobe Bryant wasn't 
the MVP of any of their first three championships. So, and and Kobe Bryant didn't make the didn't win a single playoff series till Pau Gasol came, and then they were champions again. Like where where do you draw the line? It's not an argument who the best player on the Cavs was. It's not an argument who the best player on the Bulls was. It's an argument who the best player on the Lakers was when it was Pau and fucking Kobe. It's not an argument of who the best player was when it was Shaq and Kobe. Spoiler, it wasn't Kobe. This idea that people are going to like go, well, this, but this. So when when people hilariously bring up Robert Ory as having fucking seven or whatever, and people dismiss it as he was a role player. Well, what was Kobe Bryant? What was Kobe Bryant on Shaq's three title teams? Shaq went to the... Shaq beat Michael Jordan in his prime with the Magic. Shaq left and went to Miami and won with a basically, like I think uh, Wade was like a second year guard. But, but Dwayne Wade also was the MVP of that yeah, series. But it's pr- that's the decade of prime Shaq. Sure. It, was, it starts his last years in Orlando. It ends with his years in Miami. That was it. That was a decade plus dominated by Shaquille O'Neal. Was, was Dwayne Wade because they had Shaq and they were letting him go to the free throw line in that whole fucking series where everybody's saying, oh, he got to the free throw line way too many times. Yeah, was he? But no one's, the the Miami Heat were not winning that championship before Shaq got there. They won because of Shaq. Orlando beat the Bulls because of Shaq. Yeah. The Lakers won all those championships because of Shaq. That was the, the decade of Shaq. Kobe was there for three. Great. So was Robert Ory. Yeah. I think people forget. Now, again, they were... I'm not going to take anything away. They were... Kobe and Shaq were a phenomenal one-two combo. And they worked well together, and they won three. And to be honest, they could have won more, I think. Yeah, now, now and, they got, and, why, why, and why didn't they win more? Well, because the Lakers chose Kobe over Shaq. Well, why were they choosing between any of them? Why were they choosing between those guys? Because obviously there was a there was because Kobe Bryant's a cocksucker, that's why they didn't have to choose. Those guys could have kept playing together. Kobe wanted his own fucking team, and he got it. And they missed the playoffs, and then they lost in the first round. Congratulations, you got your team. And then he was like, "Look, bring in the Spanish guy who isn't selling shoes and doesn't have a big name, and no one's going to question who the star of this team is, even though he's over there leading teams to the playoffs by himself in Memphis." And I'm not able to fucking win a playoff series without anybody here. Let's get him in. Everybody will know this is Kobe's team because who's jumping on board of the Pau Gasol train? Then we'll win championships again, and those will be my rings. Those will be my rings. Bottom line is, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You've argued with me on this. But all around what they brought to the fucking team, Pau Gasol brought more to those Lakers teams than Kobe Bryant. Going through the playoffs, playing Amare Stoudemire's sons, the Tim Duncan Spurs, the Kevin Garnett Celtics. Who's doing the heavy lifting on those teams? That's a head-to-head battle between fucking Amare and Pau. Duncan and Pau. Oh, fucking Kobe Bryant's got to handle Manu Ginobili on the wing. Kobe Bryant's got to fucking handle, I mean, Leandro Barbosa. (laughs) <laughs> Kobe wasn't guarding fucking Steve Nash Who's Kobe guarding the Celtics? Pierce? Or yeah. Ray Allen? Who knows? 
Happy 40th, Kobe. Happy 40th, bro. Also, don't forget, since it's 2018, he did sexually assault a girl. <laughs> Always important to remember that. It can't be forgotten in the Me Too age. Not nah, can't be. Can't be. Congratulations, Kobe. You're 40, bro. You did it. On a lighter note, I have to bring up, speaking of Kobe and the Lakers, his former teammate, Lamar Odom, I have to bring up what he told Kevin Hart on Kevin Hart's... By the way, Kevin Hart, does he sleep? No. Kevin Hart, has a, he's a YouTube show? I don't know. I can't name off the top of my head like one thing Kevin Hart's done. I just know he's done like a million things. But see, I like Kevin Hart for that because he just doesn't sleep. Was he in Jumanji? Yes. Okay. So I got Jumanji. So Kevin Hart has this show called uh By the way, how many of uh how many of LeBron James former teammates are crackheads? How many of uh Michael Jordan's former teammates Delonte West are crack addicts? I mean I mean we got some. Do we? Uh Bird, crack, Birdman? Crack addicts? Birdman? He I mean, was that's a, what that's what happens playing with Kobe Bryant. Lamar Odom's like, I got to do fucking heroin. Well, Lamar went on Kevin Hart's cold as balls. They sit in an ice tub and just talk. Looks like Really? A, yeah. I, I watched some of it last night. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> My pussy cold. Anyway, Lamar... And by the way, what I loved about this clip was Lamar... Not, I'm not going to play it, but Lamar nonchalantly, just like nonchalantly, reveals this great little nugget. When he was in his coma, when he was ODing at that brothel, the the what was it, the Bunny Ranch? Okay. In Pahrump, Nevada. Right? <laughs> Why is it funny to watch you say Pahrump? That's that's the name of the town. Okay. You know, you know, this guy who used to live. Kind of close to there. Yeah. That's where prostitution is fully legal in okay. that county. So when he was uh, on his bender of sex and drugs and the whole thing, you know, he goes into a coma and everybody thought he was going to die. Right. Like basically Lamar 100%. If you were going to bet, if you were going to put money down, you'd put all the fucking money on Lamar's going to die. He revealed on Kevin Hart's show when he was in a coma – he had 12 strokes and six heart attacks. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't either, but I imagine they were all coordinated by the producers of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> like, this is good. This is good. Ratings are spiking every time he has a stroke. Oh, man. Bring in the stroke grip. I sometimes forget that he was married to Khloe Kardashian. Like, that's how far removed... That's how many NBA players she's fucked since then. Okay, let's let's name who has Chloe fucked since then. NBA guys: James Harden, Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. We got to be forgetting somebody else. I'm sure we are. And and this all happened by the way, beginning of 2016. It's not that long ago. Yeah, it's two and a half. <laughs> two and a half years ago. Right. Wasn't she, who wasn't she with somebody else? Uh, French Montana, but he's not an NBA player. Isn't it? I thought that was like uh, it's a rapper. Really? I thought that was like Miley Cyrus's like secret name. <laughs> I thought that was like her alter ego. I thought that was just like when Miley Cyrus went to France 
and and put on a brunette wig. <laughs> French Montana. You know what I miss? Speaking of Miley, I miss slutty Miley. You know what? You're not allowed to miss Slutty Miley because when Slutty Miley was Slutty Miley, everybody was giving her shit. And I was the fucking, I was the one lone Slutty Miley stand out there saying how great Slutty Miley was, how the, the Wrecking Ball video was the best thing ever, how her twerking was awesome. I was like, all these girls were sluts. Remember all of them were sluts? At least she was like Summer of 2013, I'll never forget. Remember at least at least she was like open. She's like, I smoke weed, I'm a slut, who cares? Like, I live free. And everybody's like, ah, the twerking and the foam finger. Everybody came down on Miley so hard. Everybody made fun of her. I was like, this is the best Miley. Well, look, I made a lot now of Now she's like fucking country singer. No, now she's like gone back to just being like She's just like I feel like she's just pajama Miley now. She's like always just like dressed like a schlub and like fucking doing doing fucking boring shit. Like I'm gonna go skydiving. You're like, oh, who cares? Well, look, I made a lot of jokes. Although Malibu for sure. is a fucking fantastic jam. I made a lot of jokes for sure. Now Miley hasn't been like my. You've always had like a major celebrity crush on her. I. I 2013, when she became slutty Miley, I was like, oh, I like this. She's like owning it. I also just like that she's like. She doesn't care. She truly like doesn't give a fuck what people think. All those other little pop stars are always like playing some little game where they're like but trying I, to be this, trying to be that. But I have a firm belief, and I stand by. It. I don't think Miley. Maybe she's changed and evolved now. When she was openly slutty, Miley, I don't think she would have been good in bed. That's nonsense. I, what do you mean? I I think they, just because someone is openly acting scandalous and. Slutty doesn't mean that. I think a lot of times those girls aren't as good as the girls who you don't, who are kind of prudish. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's precisely the difference. Like the girls who act slutty. I just think Miley was just like I'm being, I'm doing my thing. I think Miley's just like an open book. I think she's down for whatever. Okay. I think Miley's a hundred percent down. I don't think you're gonna be like, hey Miley, I want to do this, and she's gonna be like, how dare you. Meanwhile, Britney Spears is like, I'm, I was just playing a slut on camera. I'm a country girl. But see, that's you can't where I'm different. For me. Like, I would, like, I would love to bang Britney Spears. See, I feel like she'd be a disaster. I think she kind of would, too, but I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's more of a nostalgic thing for me that Britney and I are basically, we are like the same age, and she blew up when I was in high school. And then obviously the baby one more time video. That's funny. You know who I'm the same age as? Who? Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Forty. Well, he's a year older. Yeah, he's like yeah. He I, I'm pretty sure he came out of high school. Was he? He came out in '96. I believe it was '96. Yeah. yeah. Way before Lamar Odom was addicted to crack. Yeah. Although he's the reason. Kobe Bryant. Tried to kill Lamar Odom. Dude, That's potential I saw Lamar. I might have even Kobe said Kobe Bryant this. is why Lamar Odom is addicted to crack. So you know Yard House yeah. in Marina Del Rey. I saw Lamar, and this is the height of him being on the Kardashians and being married to Chloe. I Lamar Odom walked into the Yard House. It was it was before Dirty Sports, 2013. I was uh, I was out with a girl who used to you, you actually knew a girl who used to live in this complex that I hung out with a few times. That I hooked up with a couple times. Okay. Anyway, we're at the yard house, you know, just having some beers, nachos. Lamar Odom walks in, and he walks in with with one of his guys, and uh, he's got the hoodie up. 
He puts it down when he sits down, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And I was debating the whole time. I was like, oh, I want to, I want to go over and talk to him. So, it's like a weekday night, dude. His life must have sucked. So, not many people are noticing that he's here. A few girls notice. Holy shit, Lamar Odom's here. Right. So I watched the a few whole. Girls are like, oh my god, it's the guy from the Kardashians. What's it... his name? Larry. <laughs> Lamont, oh my God. And so it's the one with the clothes. I think think he's a clipper. So I watched the girls walk over to him and ask for pictures. And he was nice and polite. And he said, no pictures. Uh, And you could tell he's like... Dude, he he's like a squirrel looking across the road. His head's always turning. He doesn't want people noticing him. He's just trying, you know... I just noticed he's just in there to have some wings and like a beer or something. And... Not many people noticed, and plus it was pretty dead. Again, it was like a weekday night at Yard House, Marina Del Rey. Dude, but I noticed the minute I watched through the window, the minute he stepped foot out of there, like the hoodie comes up, he's tightening it. I thought, this guy's poor life. Just, you're constantly pictures, film. Like, you want to blame Kobe? 100% that show, he had his addictions before. 100% that show turned him into a crackhead. Yeah. I, I, I'm still blaming Kobe for the beginning, right? It's like it's what started him down this dark path of like yeah. chasing fame or whatever. Because every time they, you know, every time the Lakers would win a championship, they'd have a team picture. Kobe'd be like, "Get everybody out of here! Everybody in the back. That was my fucking team. Don't forget who won this team. It's it's all me. I did it." And then he was like, "I just want to be. I just want to get my recognition. Maybe I'll marry a famous person." And next thing you know, he just spiraled out of control. But he gets lost in the mix. People don't realize. I, I honestly blame Kobe for the whole thing. Then, like yeah. Kobe, and then Lamar, and then like that kind of spread to uh, Caitlyn. Like I feel like Kobe's responsible for Bruce Jenner getting a sex change. I blame Kobe for all of it. I blame Kobe for Kanye going off the rails. I blame Kobe for yeah. I mean, just basically everything Kardashian related all kind of started in that world. It's just all Kobe Bryant's fault. I blame Kobe for 9-11. You and Kobe pretty much evenly. You guys together coordinated 9-11. Hard to say who was the MVP of 9-11. You were Kobe. But <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. I'm not releasing it. No way. But I'll, I'll discuss it on air. I am not going to release it. What? The recordings of you organizing 9-11? No. 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 J. Lloyd... Fuck it. I'll, I'll show it to you personally. You cannot show this. You know, I posted some stuff with my mom, right? Because we just did our, our, our amazing trip together. <laughs> J. Lloyd sent me a text. Photoshop expert J. Lloyd. Let me, let me pull up the text. He said, didn't want to post this on social media out of respect for your mom. But, but just know you lobbed this one up like Chris Paul. Hashtag never forget. Oh my god. That's unbelievable. It's me and my mom smiling and in the background is what? Is the World Trade Center the <laughs> World Trade Center getting hit with a plane and then up in the clouds it says Ruther did 9/11. Should say the Ruthers did 9/11. <laughs> oh, my mom would Hashtag #joanne knew. <laughs> my mom would not be happy about that. Not at all. Well, pray now. 
We are two weeks away from our live podcast in the lovely, windy city of Chicago. I cannot wait. I'm excited, aren't you? Yeah. One of the one of the uh, destinations Kobe Bryant almost forced the Lakers to trade him to. That's right. And Dirtballs, if you want to come to the live show, tickets are available right now. Yeah. And you can get those by going to dirtysportslive.eventbrite.com. That's Thursday the 6th is the live podcast. While Joe Prano will be headlining all weekend, the 7th through the 9th. 7th, 8th, 9th of the Comedy Bar. They've got two rooms, apparently. Um, so the 6th, in one of the rooms, we'll be doing the podcast, 7th, 8th, 9th, in, the main, in their main uh, showroom. I'll be headlining. Ruth is going to be doing some spots on those shows. Am I doing spots? Is this confirmed? Yeah. You're, okay. you're definitely doing guest spots. We're still trying to coordinate you maybe uh, being being he- more heavily involved in the lineup, but you're definitely doing guest spots. Good. And and apparently there's comedy shows in both of those rooms every night, so there's potential. I was talking to Brady Matthews, who, I, who if you're in Chicago, is out there, I think, this weekend. He is, yeah. Uh, doing shows. He said that they have, like, he, he ends up doing, like, 10 spots while he's there. Like, he goes from one room to the other. They have a late-night show. Oh, nice. So, yeah. It's, it sounds the like comedy it's pretty, bonanza. Yeah. So, we've got White Sox, right, on the 5th? Yes. Live podcast the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th shows. The 9th is also week one Sunday. That's going to be fantastic. And then the 10th, we're going to Brewers at Cubs. And... We're going to be going to those games using our favorite ticket app. That is SeatGeek, the only place that Joe and I get tickets for any live event, sports, comedy, musicals, you name it, guys. SeatGeek has it all. Monster truck rallies. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to be upgrading my car sometime in the next few months. Speaking of monster truck rallies, I'm going to try to donate my car to get the it run The Demolition over. Derby? I'm serious. I know a, I know a comic who does the... Uh who does the PA announcing for Monster Trucks? Amazing. Yeah, I'm so sure. I'm sure SeatGeek sells tickets to that, right? Yeah. Do it. Do a little dirt ball meetup. Yeah. Get those tickets on SeatGeek. Well, guys, SeatGeek is the only app you should be using, especially with the NFL season coming up. I was telling Prano, I was like, man, I was looking at SeatGeek last night because the Chargers and the Rams play this year. How cool! At L at the uh, Coliseum. The 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 freeway game, they call it. The freeway series. Well, that's what they call the base. That's what they call the Angels uh, Dodgers. But yeah, guys, you can take advantage of a great offer that we have with SeatGeek because best of all, all our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. So uh, for, for those of you up in the Bay... I'll definitely be at next Saturday's game, uh, Mets at Giants. It's a Saturday day game, so if you want to watch Prano, watch baseball. And then I'm working on Monday, after I get back from there, before we leave for Chicago, Mets at Dodgers. I thought uh, we have tickets already. Do we have tickets? Yeah. Oh, we have tickets to that Monday game. Bryson. Is that is that the game we have Monday? Yeah. Fantastic. Great. I completely forgot about that. Stripper Bryson. Yeah. Awesome. That's so great. Me, you, Goldberg. I think I think uh, Monday is Degrom Day. Didn't you ask Trevor too? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I was literally just about to work on tickets. Yeah, we have tickets from Monday or Tuesday. Monday. Pretty sure it's Monday. Great. 
Great. That's September 2nd, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, September 2nd Sunday. Sep- the 3rd is Monday. Why don't I just... I'm pretty sure it's Monday. Why don't I just pull it's up... It's got to be. Well, it's not... Why don't I just pull up my SeatGeek app? This it's what not I love Sunday. About yeah, there you go. Because the tickets are already here. Yeah, September 3rd. Fantastic. 510? That's an... Wouldn't that be an... That's an interesting time. Is yeah. That, is that accurate? It's probably ESPN game or something. It's a Monday 510 game. Can't wait. Speaking of the Dodgers. I know you have a lot to say, Joe Prano. I, I went off a little bit on dirty slides uh, this week, but since then, Dave Roberts says Roberts even more. Last night, I was watching. It was an ESPN game. Uh, sorry, Cardinals, Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers are up one nothing after a Jacques Peterson home run. Uh, Dodgers starter is cruising. Q Dave Roberts pulls him. Game immediately blown. They lose. It's like we're taking pitchers out during fucking shutouts now. Dave Roberts, if you're still on the Dave Roberts train, I just don't know who you are. We're now in in three Dodger seasons with Dave Roberts. We have a gross playoff mismanagement. A blown World Series, and now are they three and a half? How many games back are they for the West? I'm looking right now. The Dodgers, as of uh, today, Thursday, October or Thursday, August 23rd, they are four and a half games out. They currently sit at 67 and 61. They've lost three in a row, Joe, and they've lost uh, seven out of ten. So because with by far, yes, say this by far. Not even close. By far the most talented roster in the National League. And they're three and a half games out of wild card, too. I mean, they picked up Machado. They picked up Dozier. They got Turner. They've got fucking Puig, Kemp, Bellinger, Muncie. Starting nine, they're the deepest team, right? Starting nine, which is also they- what I was critical of on Dirty Sports. Who's there on Dirty Slides? Who's there starting nine? Dave Roberts can't even pick a fucking lineup. Pick a lineup, bro. Pick fucking eight guys and start them for a week. Well, I got to try this now. I got to try this now. I got to try this now. Pick a lineup. Well, they don't have that much time. You know, I'm looking right now. There's 67 and 61, so what? They've played 128 games, so there's... What, 34 games left? 162? Yeah. Is my math right on that? How many games have they played? 128. Yeah. So 34 games left. Yeah. Now, they obviously have time. They're only three and a half of a wild card and four and a half of the division. So they have plenty of time to make that up, but they can't fuck around. They can't be losing seven out of ten games. No. But the the other thing is, forget that. Forget whether or not they do or don't make the playoffs. You have... By far the most talent in the National League. You certainly have by far the most talent in the National League West. Why are you? Why are the Dodgers not up twelve games in the National League West? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because their manager is a fucking clueless dick. Well, especially after last year. I mean, how many games did they win last year? One hundred and eight. I mean, this is a significant drop off. And then I and then you know I got to put a little bit of blame on their front office too. How many fucking 
you know, power hitting guys that you know, have 40 home run potential, are you going to let play twice a week instead of trading one of them for a fucking pitcher, a relief pitcher, a starting pitcher? Bellinger, Muncie, Peterson, like every fucking day they're mixing in a different guy. They don't know whether or not they want to fucking start him. First of all, pick a lineup. Keep one of those guys on your bench for, you know, power pop. And then you should have made a move for somebody. Now it's too late for that, but. Yeah. The pitching one is is a difficult one to understand because I feel like they've done this. Every year now. Well, last year, you remember they went out and they got you Darvish the deadline, which I was critical of. And then I was told by a lot of the same people who love Kobe Bryant that I was a fucking clueless idiot. And then we literally watched him not get out of the what? The second inning I, in watched, the World Series? We watched from Red Saloon in San Diego. Game seven. He, he just imploded. He did what you Darvish has done throughout his career, which is either... Pitch great or not be able to get out of the fucking second inning of games. And now he's done for the season with the Cubs. Which is good for the Cubs. Probably. No, it's good. You don't want that guy in the playoffs. And right? now the, Cub, the Cubs, they're in a similar position. Not a ton of pitching and adding Murphy. Yeah, what do you think about that move? Doesn't hurt him. And luckily... So Ru- not- Russell's Dunzo? What do you mean? Do they play the same position? I mean, I don't know who plays what position over there at this point because... Second, right? Yeah, but I think it's going to be a similar thing to the Dodgers where they're probably just going to... I mean, Murphy's a lefty. I'm sure they're going to use... Did you see Murphy's numbers? I saw these. Did you see his numbers at Wrigley in his career? They're stupid, right? Dude, dude, in his career, I mean career, we're not talking like a small portion. In his career, a minimum of 100 at-bats, he was... Before the trade... He was batting like 396. Yeah. It's insane. Like yeah. all, all his... I mean, he's a terrible fielder. So I think that I think I don't think that they're just gonna hand him second base. Yeah. But yeah. But they have Joe Madden, so they'll they'll figure it out. Dave Roberts would just be like, I'm putting all these names into a fucking, you know, a Yahtzee shaker, and I'm gonna dump them out, and whichever fucking eight come up, they're playing. And they're like, uh, you're not playing Machado Short. He's like, sorry. Yahtzee board says Kike is playing short today. How about this? Now, now is this me just, is this dumb me, white person saying all black people look alike? Hugh Jackson is fat Dave Roberts. They kind of look alike. Mm, do they? <laughs> is that a stretch? Is that a stretch? Yeah, it's a stretch. He's, Dave Roberts is more like a Derek Fisher Plus look. Plus Dave Roberts right? is half Asian, isn't he? Yeah. Hugh Jackson's black, black. Dave Roberts is like fake black. Nah, I feel like their skin tone's pretty similar. Okay. All right, is this our transition into hard knocks? Yeah, I wasn't. Tr- I wasn't trying to force that transition. Unless you have anything else to say about the Dodgers? No, I don't. They're four and a half out with the best, with by far the best roster in the National League, and I've been criticized. It, it's just funny. Like I love it when this happens. It's just like the U Darvish thing. It's just like. It, I I hope it makes people like retroactively go like oh maybe you know what I was pretty pissed off at Joe Prano about this but it turns out maybe he was right the whole time. It's like have I been openly? By the way, I have no hate for the Dodgers. 
besides the fact that Chase Utley plays for the Dodgers, I don't care. Like, I came to L.A. like going, like, maybe I'll be like a low-key Dodgers fan. They're a National League team. In my city, Great. I love I love Vince Scully. Great love the stadium. ballpark. Yeah, Mets blue. Like there were a team from Brooklyn. I came from Brooklyn. They came from Brooklyn. I went in, and then I've been critical of Dave Roberts, and now I have to hate the now I have to hate Dodgers. I have to hate the Dodgers because Dodgers fans come at me like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're fanboying out. I tweeted it yesterday. Shabelli retweeted it. Shabelli retweeted. It. I still have confidence in Dave Roberts. Like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. It's a joke. Dave Roberts is not a good manager. The end. I don't know how much more proof anybody needs at this point. Well, let's talk Hard Knocks. Episode three came out this week. I only watched the first, like, three quarters, and I fell asleep. Ah, so this episode, so you basically basically missed the uh, the preseason game. I did, yeah. Against the Bills. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you you got the stuff that I do want to talk about. Then. Okay, we got to talk about this fat O line coach. What, you, you know how this is going to be an Andy Ruther take, and it's not like a crazy take. I think it's an obvious one. You know, you have a, a take of head coaches can't wear open toed shoes. They can't be cutting guys in sandals. Yeah, you can't take a head coach serious that's in flip flops. Here's my take: if one of your coaches on your staff is morbidly obese to the fact where he's sitting down he has to sit down you can't make the playoffs <laughs> yeah I, I mean i mean that's my take like we're, we're not just talking that this guy's overweight the o-line coach who does have a redeeming charming personality i would say is morbidly obese like, like my point is if you're worried that your coach might keel over and die mid-practice while he's going set hut yeah. You're not going to win You're many like, games. Z-hut. Z-hut. His gut going. Z-hut. Did you see how it was synchronized? Yeah. It was amazing. Well, it was synchronized because he was like gutturally saying the word. Dude, he's like 400 pounds. Yeah. And then he's talking about like, oh, back in my day, you didn't need to stretch. Like, how'd that work out? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're 600 pounds, dude. I'm I'm so out on this Browns team. Did you see him in the Maserati, by the way? Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm so out on this Browns team. I, I just think, I mean, he's a great example of like, what is Hugh Jackson doing? Exactly. And I That uh, guy cannot be a coach. He's too fat. And I think Hugh Jackson having uh, the, his two coordinators, having two high, I, I think that hurts him too. I, I feel like his two coordinators have such, you know, successful histories. And personalities. And personalities. And they're, and they're hard asses. Yeah. That people are just going to be going like, the defense is going to want Williams to be the head coach the whole fucking season. The offense is going to want Haley to be the head coach the whole season. No one wants Hugh Jackson to be the coach. Except anybody who does anything bad because he's always like, Landry got in that fight. Did you see like the post fight, their post fight interaction? He just like daps him, dude. He just started a brawl in the middle of your football field. What's up, Juice? See you. Bless him. 
Like, Hugh, what are you doing? Well, how would you have handled that situation? We all see every team, by the way, this happens. Because yeah. they're playing two, you know, they're doing two practices a day. They're around each other nonstop. It's like anything. Yeah. You're going to get on each other's nerves. There's going to be fights. It's a physical sport. How would you have handled that as a coach? Though? Hey, buddy, you're our star wide receiver. Maybe stop getting into brawls with fucking no-name defensive backs. Are you trying to get hurt? Are you trying to break a hand? How good are we going to be if you go down? Also, that guy's on your fucking team. Also, he accidentally tripped you. Calm the fuck down. Again, I don't mind the fight as much as, yeah, like, dude, you're the star guy. Well, here, here it is. I'm looking at the YouTube comment section. We have a over-under here from Nick Yardley. He says, the over-under at the Browns, well, I set it at four and a half. This over-under is five and a half at minus 150 for yeah. over. Yeah, I'm going under. Yeah, I would go under too, for sure, 100%. I'm out on this Browns team. Everybody's in on this Browns team. I'm out. I, you know what? I found myself having mixed feelings when I watched it last night. Because you like Hugh Jackson. Well, 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 he's a likable guy for sure. Yeah. There's a difference between a likable My guy. My dad's a likable guy too. He has n- absolutely no business ha- being the head coach of a football team. But, but that's what I was going to say. I also have mixed feelings because of this. Now I'm from the state of Ohio. Now let me just kind of let me just kind of break down the the rivalry between Cincinnati and Cleveland because there is one. Is there? But that's what I want to get to, and it goes back to obviously all because of the Browns and Bengals. Now people, it's a, there's a battle over the color orange. So people, yeah, people might not remember. You know, I mean, my dad talked about it when he came on Dirty Sports last year for his. Epic uh, guest interview about the freezer bowl. You know, like where my dad said, you know, the Bengals didn't exist till I think '67, so they would go up to Cleveland for games. Cleveland's been around. You know, the Browns have been around since the '40s. Yeah. So my earliest memories was a good rivalry, right? It was Boomer Esiason, Bernie Kosar. Like these were teams that were going into the playoffs, making deep runs. It was competitive, and of course, Pittsburgh was in the division. And then they just sucked the Bengals, the Browns for years. So for me, that rivalry has completely, when you have two teams that have, I mean, there was a 15-year period where they both just sucked, right? So the rivalry loses its luster. So like for me, I felt like that made the whole rivalry between the two cities lose luster. So in a way... what's what's. I mean, is Cleveland generally considered like a better city? Growing up in Cincinnati, it was no. They were like the butt of jokes. What from what? Like, what's the uh, what's the angle? It's just a shithole, and you know, of course, the, the river caught on fire, and it's a dump. Uh, forty years ago, I love that. That's my best fucking yeah. Forty years ago, your river caught on fire. What are we talking about here? It's like. So, like, that was always the knock, was that Cleveland was a dump, and I still hear things, because I, I have... Because uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's like almost Kentucky. You guys, are, you guys are not like the Rust Belt. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's completely different. So, Cincinnati is, you know, the most southwestern side of the state, and Cleveland's the most northeastern. I don't think people realize that. For, for to, go, to drive from Cincinnati to Cleveland... It's not like Spokane and Seattle and, uh, you know, where 
Shabelli's in school where they're all like literally like three miles apart. <laughs> get the, get those men, at mentions ready. Yeah, so it's it's like four and a half hours away. Yeah, you couldn't be. In fact, I was texting with somebody the other day about this who's from Buffalo, and they go, "Oh, Buffalo to Cleveland, three hours max." So it's way closer than it. But my point is, you're right. It's completely two different, completely right. sides of the state. Yeah. One's on a lake, one's on a river. Uh, but in a way, I kind of find myself uh, kind of secretly rooting for the Browns. You you were openly rooting for the Browns last year. Oh, you yeah, were I, all in on the Browns. But I also know it's the Browns. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. That's why I agree with you. I would set my under under five. Uh, the last couple years in my suicide pools, I would just pick against the Browns. And every time I went away from that is when I lost. I would just pick against the Browns, pick against the Browns, pick against the Browns. And then one time last year, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Boom. Lost. I think I picked last year. I lost when I picked fucking Jags. One of my first strikes was like Jags against the Steelers. Like, why was I picking that? Why? The Browns are just sitting there. This year, I'm going, I think that they're going to be overrated. I think spreads are going to be stupid. Like, I think. Again, I'm going to bet against the spread on the Browns every fucking week. Well, they do have some talent, and we should talk about Like, I know we say this all the time, but I, I did. Yeah, like I always say, because they pick first every year. <laughs> well, they have also, you know, landing Jarvis Landry as a free agent. That, 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 that's a huge get for yeah. a, a Cleveland, you know, type of team. But did you see this part of Hard Knocks, which I thought was an interesting uh, discussion? One of the directors of personnel or a guy under the GM who used to play for the Cowboys. Did you see what he said? Yeah. So basically he said, you know, when I was with Dallas, man, we went 1-15, Jerry Johnson or Jimmy Johnson's first year. And then the Cowboys instantly turned it around. I think they went like 8-8 eight and eight the next year. And he said he sees that with this team. But my argument to that is this. You might see a lot of talent and good young talent. But the difference between the storied franchise at that point, you know, of Dallas Cowboys versus the Cleveland Browns. Like, you can't compare these two I mean, Kendricks, who just left the Eagles last year, said there's more talent in the Browns locker room than there was in the Eagles locker room last year. Interesting. Which, look, talent is great, but when no one fucking plays because the coach just lets you sit out, like, I'm so off the... I was never really on the Hugh Jackson bandwagon, but I'm so off. Like, to me, I, I just think – and what's amazing is, like, I've seen other people say this. Uh, I saw Simmons, like, tweet a list of, um, like, poor coaching performances on Hard Knocks, and he had uh, he had Hugh Jackson, like, on top of that list, which I don't know if I agree with being the worst head coaching performance. But there are people that are like, what are you watching? I'm like, who's watching this and thinking like, oh, yeah, it seems like these guys really want to play for Hugh Jackson. Episode one, we have to get guys to practice. <laughs> that's a conversation that's happening in an NFL locker room. How do we get it so that guys stop skipping practice? Yeah. We got to bring up the Dez thing. Yeah. Dez Bryant currently, as of right now, is still a free agent, correct? Correct. He was walking around. Everybody seemed excited. Like, what was... Well, here, here's what's interesting about Dez. I read a good article on Yahoo last night about it. So, what basically happened was, I think a lot of us forget, 
The Ravens offered Dez a contract back in May. Right. And he, he laughed at it. Right. And I, don't, I thought, I think he thought he, had, he would have a lot more suitors out there. He hasn't. And the Browns apparently were very interested in him way back then. And he blew him off. And he kept blowing him off. So now here we are, two weeks removed from, from the season starting, and now the Browns hold all the power. Right. Or anybody that wants Dez. Right. They can really, you know, give him a much lower salary than what he wanted. So you see it in Hard Knocks, right, where Dez is so happy to be there because he's an interested team. But now Josh Gordon's also back. Right. So you have, if you look at it from Cleveland's perspective, you have Jarvis Landry. Yep. Josh Gordon, when he plays, fucking stud. And you got that rookie. Was it Callaway? Yep. From Florida, who's got good potential. Do you really want to add, the question is, do you really want to add Des Bryant, who comes with this baggage, and also his production just continues to go down every year? Do you really want to add him to that mix? I guess it depends. Well, first of all, I guess it depends on how much he's willing to take or how little he's willing to take. And also, does Hugh Jackson, like, from what you see from Hugh Jackson, does it seem like he's concerned about Des Bryant's locker room personality? He'd be like, what happened? I beat up my mother the other day. He's like, you get one mulligan, okay? On my team, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. I like you. Des, you know I like you. You know we're boys. You only get to beat up your mother once, okay? If I find out you beat up your mother twice, then you got to go. Now, I'm going to need you to stand in front of the team, and I'm going to need you to tell them, this is the only time this year you're going to beat on your mother. All right, Des? I know I'm smiling. This is pretty serious. All right? Now, you know I like you, Des. You know I like you. We're excited you're here. We're excited you're here. Now, go ahead, and Des Ryan's like, um, I'm sorry that I, I beat on my mother. He's like, see? That's what it takes to be a Cleveland Brown. You need to stand up in front of your teammates and say that you did something wrong. Now, that's your one mulligan, Des. All right? See you out there. X. All right? See you out there. He does smile when it's a very serious issue all the time. He, I don't think he – like, he just seems – He's a happy guy. Yeah. He'd be, a, he'd be a good guy to hang out with. And then the people that are like, oh, really? We're criticizing Hugh Jackson when his mom and his brother died? I'm like, all right, well, should, are, should he not be coaching? Is that what you're telling me? Do you, do you not think that maybe this is the right time for him with all that's going on? It didn't seem to concern him a whole lot. He seems to be going for it. I, I don't think that, that that masks you from any criticism on how you're handling your team. Yeah, I agree. Well, they said something on Hard Knocks, which I think is very deceiving. And I'm going to pull I have Des Bryant's stats. So that, that guy, again, one of the personnel guys, comes yeah. into the office, and he says, who had the most touchdown receptions in the NFL from, from 2012 to 2017? So... For those six years, Des Bryant, and I was surprised by that too, Des Bryant led the NFL in those six years from 2012 to 2017 in touchdowns and receptions. But here is why they are completely misleading. I pulled up Des's number. Des, Des Bryant entered the league in 2010. Des Bryant had an amazing three-year stretch, and that's it. Yeah, That's all he's had. So here are the numbers, Prano. From 2012 to 2014 was his three-year window, which was great. Where Dez had 
almost 1,400 yards, 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards. And in those three years, he went from 12 touchdowns to 13 touchdowns to 16 touchdowns. So a great three-year stretch. Um, 92 receptions, 93, 88. Here's my point. That stretch ended in 2014. Since then, these are Dez's receiving yards by year. 2015, 401. 2016. Four, that's a that's like a, a good game by Odell Beckham. Well, he was injured, but yeah. it's part of it. So he played nine games in 2015, 401. 2016, plays 13 games, 796. 2017, he plays all 16 games, 838. So guys, look at that. So basically, in the last three years, but then and his touchdowns, like they still fed him close to the end zone. But even then, three, eight, and six. Yeah. So my point is this about Dez. His numbers are he had a three year window that is now four seasons ago removed. So I'm not saying that Dez couldn't help the Browns. I don't want to go that far. But I am saying is, and again, I read this great article on Yahoo, which broke down what some scouts are saying, is that Dez has to change his game. Dez isn't that old. They're they're saying one scout described Dez as this. They said Dez looks like Terrell Owens and Ocho Cinco at the end of their career. But the big difference is those guys were four or five years older. Dez turns 30 in November. He's not that old. Yeah. Personally, if I'm a GM, uh, excuse me, if I'm the Browns GM, they need to change that culture. I don't bring Dez. However, if I'm Bill Belichick, I sign Dez. Mm, I don't know. How does that help them? They're really, really uh, depleted at the receiver position right now. You know, they they just cut uh, Kenny Britt yesterday. What's his name? Eric Decker has had a bad preseason, a lot of drops. Julian Edelman is out, what, the first four games? You forget Amendola's in Miami now. Right. My point is, I think Bill Belichick, I think he's the one type of coach, and he's done it before, can get these guys to play under his system. And if he doesn't, they just release him. But they, they did the Chad Ochocinco thing. How He didn't play that well for them. Well, then they cut him. Yeah. But that's my point. I mean, they did the Randy Moss thing, but like comparing Randy Moss and Des Bryant is like comparing LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Like this, this is a world's different. I agree, but I, I think with Des again under the under the Patriots system, I think Des is low risk, high reward. They just caught him. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I think it comes down to that's that's a Brady question, right? Yeah. You you want fucking Des? Yeah, you're right. It comes down to Tom Brady. Now, I will say, if I was playing fantasy football, yeah, and let's say Dez does have a team, I'm not picking him up. At all? Nope. At, at any round? Nope. No Dez. I can, I can assure you, if Dez is on a team, somebody's picking him up in your I, fantasy league. I agree. But those people, they're not using pro football focus, that's no. for sure. No, they're not using PFF fantasy. Pro Football Focus Fantasy, which uses their exclusive data on every play, which is important, of every game to bring you the best fantasy insights and advice. So Dirtballs, join PFF Edge for full access to PFF's player projections, fantasy draft resources, positional matchup, and of course, the award-winning fantasy content. If you're a high-stakes player, 
You can also step up to PFF. Which I am, as everybody knows. You're a high-stakes guy, right? Yeah. So, Prano, you should step it up to PFF Elite and dive into premium stats 2.0 for exclusive player performance stats across every position. Elite subscribers also get the new PFF Green Line Pick Center and DFS Optimizer. Guys, PFF Fantasy leads you to victory with data-driven projections. Again, how many times have I said I like facts. I like stats. These are all things that they use. Expert rankings and roster advice all year long from draft nights through the playoffs, guys. So join PFF Fantasy today and prepare to win. Sign up right now at pfffootballfocus.com. Once again, that's pfffootballfocus.com. Joe and I will be using it when we enter our fantasy league. You said you wanted to create one. This is all you, Prano. I'm putting it on you. Okay. This is all you, fam. All right, I got it. Can I? Can I? Am I in charge of uh, who gets invites as well? Yes. Great. This is. I'm doing that today. Oh, shit. Yeah. But but we're is gonna, Goldberg back in? Yeah, let Goldberg in. Whoo! That damn report. Some some you know some wounds were bandaged, huh? Well, like I said on on this week's dent report with with Maddie, we've been we've been yeah back in the. We've been mending our relationship for the last month, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, waiver wire. <laughs> but here's here's the deal with Maddie, though. You and I, since we work with Pro Football Focus, we have already a subscription that they give us. Oh, Maddie can use some of his fucking poker winnings. Getting yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, we have an edge. Yeah. Now again, you trademark. We have the edge. You guys can go to profootballfocus.com and sign up for that great edge, too. Yeah, Fredo's, <laughs> Fredo's looking at himself on YouTube. Doing the Goldberg. Unbelievable. Yeah, so me, you, Goldberg. Who else we got? Uh, you said 10. I said 10. Yeah, I said 10, 10 to 12. 12 right? Though I, I think there'll be some. Yeah, I, I'll make a list. And then we're going to put some up for grabs, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I think we'll. I'm gonna put down some people that uh, that should I think should have automatic births, and then we'll we'll leave some up for grabs. And, and are, then, are and those dirt ball? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I'm just I I can't not look at the mentions on Twitter. It's just so funny. Kobe Bryant slurpers in there. This this guy's so mad. We, we have dirt balls agreeing with you and defending. Casal averaged eighteen and seven on Memphis. LOL. Yeah. By the way, that's not that's not true. What? What? That's it's like the statistical guys. Stop looking at the fucking raw numbers. Like you just gave me two numbers. You just gave me fucking two numbers. Serious question: Who do you think averaged more assists for their career, Pagasol or Kobe Bryant? Uh Kobe did. You think so? Yeah. I bet you it's pretty close. What's Pau Gasol's career assist numbers? Uh, not that high. What is it? Four? It is, no. He, here, let me pull it up. He is 3.2. Wait, how, how many assists a game do you think Kobe Bryant averaged? 4.1? I bet Kobe was 4.7. You want me to pull it up? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Powell's 3.2 assist a game. I said Kobe 4.7. 
Oh my God. Dead on. 4.7. So your shooting guard is getting one and a half more assists a game than your center. Yeah, whatever. People are idiots. Powell was great, though. For people, who, for people who didn't didn't follow, I mean, Powell was Powell was a, a really good, really go, good. Player. Go through. His, I mean, the, that's you're on. I think you're on the. There's rings next to the years he won, right? On the Lakers. Well, I already know the years he won. Yeah. So read the, his stats from those years. They're good, dude. They're really good. Eighteen point nine points a game. 9.6 rebounds a game, three and a half assists a game, one block a game. High shooting percentage, high free throw percentage. The next year, 18.3 points, 11.3 rebounds a game, 3.4 assists a game, 1.7 blocks a game. 8.3. Wait, what was that second? What was the assist that year? 4.3? 3.4. 3.4. So 8, 18. 11, 4, 3.3 and a half, and 2? Well, no, 18, yeah. 11, about 3.5 assists a game. Yeah, and almost 2 blocks. Almost 2 blocks a game. It's a dominant big man. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> That's a well-rounded player right there. I really... Excluding his 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 screaming and moaning, I, I used to call him volleyball screams. Uh, or, or Powell would always hit the ball around like a volleyball. Sometimes yeah. I, that was always my gripe. But I really enjoyed watching him play for the Lakers because I used to I used to watch those games all the time. Those those were some fun uh, some fun teams to watch. They really were. Anyway, before we finish NFL news, we got to bring. Well, first of all, Ray Guy has moved his way. Onto the film. Onto the film. He's made he's made the set. Into the camera angle. Yeah. Hall of Fame punter, Ray Guy. I'm wearing my Yoful shirt Yo-fool. today. Which, by the way, are available at DirtySports.com. Yoful. I love that logo still. I love it. I got to get me one of those. I don't have a Yoful shirt. You don't have a Yoful shirt? We'll get you one. The reason I'm saying all this, guys, is because we have some amazing news about our Yoful fans. The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, it sounds so good. The Vegas Raiders. The stadium which opens next year, they move to Las Vegas next year, will feature a small jail and courtroom. Nice. Philly style. To deal with unruly fans. Vegas! I love the thought of a grown man having silver and black face paint and spiked shoulder pads being locked in a jail cell. I love that. I love the thought of a guy leaving a stadium jail cell on Monday morning. His face paint has been mostly removed, and he has to check out. They're like, all right. They start giving his belongings back. They're like, here is your switchblade. Here are your spiked shoulder pads. (laughs) Here is the, here is the uh, necklace made out of a license plate that says Raiders for Life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Here is the tub of black face paint, black and silver face paint that you were using to reapply. Here is your backup Darth Vader mask. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I told you before the show started today, I am not joking. I will 100% go to one home game every year. Let's do it. I will drive. We will go. We should make it. We should make it like a. We should pick like a, a time of year, and we'll go like around that every year. Like we should do like Halloween in Vegas for no, Raiders. Ha- Halloween's chaos. Have you been to Vegas for Halloween? No. It's it's it's. I don't know. Sounds sounds fantastic. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. The strip is insane. Thanksgiving in Vegas. You know, it should be like a yearly tradition. I like a Thanksgiving or December, maybe. We we hit up. By there. the way, speaking of, uh, I know I know we've talked about it before all the things we're getting tickets for. You know, this year Notre Dame at SC Thanksgiving Friday. Oh shit! We talked about Notre Dame Navy down in yeah, San Diego. That's, that's the end of October. I checked. I think it's the twenty seventh of October. Notre Dame at SC the Friday after Thanksgiving. I'm thinking about messaging Mikey today and being like. Mm, Thanksgiving in L.A.? The Irish? I like it. Man. But Vegas, I think that should be a tradition. I, I agree. Once a year, we've got eight opportunities. Yeah. We just go to one home game. And I'm curious even to see the drive. Like, how many yo fools on the 10 or 15 from L.A.? Are going to be flying Raiders flags. Oh, yeah. Tons of, I, th- I feel like the drive through the desert out there. It's is like Mad, be like Max. Mad Max. Yeah, like <laughs> That's what I was guys thinking. in skull masks, like <laughs> sucking on paint fumes. Like, <laughs> oh, Raiders. Max going to be like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I hope these guys aren't at the in and out and fucking Barstow. <laughs> I don't know if we can stop at Fat Burger. Oh, man. It's going to be a whole weekend. Yeah. Again, just the thought of Raiders fans walking around the Bellagio or the Wynn with spiked shoulder pads. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Just like we go into the parking lot for a little pregame. Guys just like (laughs) silver spray painting their teeth. (laughs) Bro, I'm so high. We got to get in there, fool. I mean, outside of L.A., in fact, fuck it. I might even go one step further. Maybe Vegas is the best city of any city for the Raiders. Yeah. Is there a better city? I don't think so. See, this is the one thing. I shit on the NFL. This is the one time they completely got it right. We'll see. But yeah, I agree. I think so. Everything about the Raiders organization and their fan base is anarchy and chaos, which is everything about Las Vegas. Anarchy and chaos. Yeah. They couldn't fit that city any better. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, mostly because they're in a jail cell under the <laughs> fucking stadium. Fuck it, man. Maybe maybe I'll even do face paint. Maybe I'll do spike shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Once a year? Or youth shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> you see rolled, Ruth are in adult shoulder pads? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Oh, man. Yo, fool. I'm stoked, though. I really am. And I so was... we're going to go this year. We're going to go to a Raiders game. Well, they're still in Oakland. Oh, right, right. Totally. We should go to Oakland just to fucking 
Just get started. Just a warm up. I wonder how that season's going to be. It's going to be interesting. Their last season, are fans going to support them? By the way, my New York Giants are up in San Francisco again this year. That's going to have to be a trip. You mean Santa Clara? (laughs) Yeah. They're playing the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara. I'm I'm going to that game, provided we're not like we don't have one win like when we went to San Francisco last year. When uh, I think that's in November. Ooh, I'm down. I'm always, dude. I'm all about checking out new stadiums. Yeah, me too. That's what I love. And if you guys want to help out, you know, you can hop on that Patreon. Yeah, you donate Get to that, that Patreon. Donate to that Thust Fund. We still have to do cultural appropriation night down in Anaheim. I agree. Got a lot of trips. We're gonna. Have, I'm gonna require that we go to cultural appropriation night in September in Anaheim, just so we can get this ball rolling in the right direction. I agree. You know? Can't can't keep saying we're gonna do things and then not do them. Well, my new thing is you might have to wear Trump gear to that since you still. And then <laughs> we'll go to a uh, we'll go to an insane clown posse show on the is way that, back. Is that really? Would I really, Prano, if we're in Orange County and I'm wearing Trump gear, I'll fit right in. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that what you were saying? Or yeah. you didn't think that through, did no, you? No, I didn't think that through. Dude, if I wore Trump gear in Orange County at an Angels game. They'd be like, you're goddamn right. They'd be like, fuck yeah, MAGA. Yeah. Make America great again. We could start by getting this fucking Ching Chang Chung guy out of right field. And you're like, whoa. This is cultural appropriation night. You can't say that. Yeah, I thought the goal of cultural appropriation night was that I dressed yeah. Japanese. Yeah, that's right. You're going to be Japanese Harambe for that game. Okay. <laughs> we can do it. Well, before we wrap up the episode, we have to talk about Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer has been suspended three games. Wow. The first three games. And, and they're games that Ohio State is going to win. What are the three games? What are the three games? That's a good this, question. That, that should be interesting. Did, is, that, is, that strat- is that planned? A hundred percent. A hundred percent, dude. Their first three games are this. Oregon State at home. Rutgers at home. And TCU in Dallas. Now, TCU is ranked 16th. Yeah. That would be an interesting one. And then what's game four? Tulane. Game five is Penn State. And then they start getting into some teams. Yeah. So they want him back for one warm-up game before Penn State. Where's Penn State ranked? Tenth. Yeah. So that seems pretty obvious. So again, yeah, TCU is is top twenty, and it's in Dallas. So, but whatever. Ohio State fans travel. That yeah. stadium still have a lot of probably half Ohio State fans. But what, here's what's crazy. I watched his press conference. I don't know if you watched it. I've never seen. It was comical to me. I've never seen a coach. Just not give a fuck. Like, he's reading. He's looking down. There's no emotion. He's never looking up. He's reading word for word some script that someone wrote for him. Clearly, he didn't write it. Right. He never mentions the former coach's ex-wife who got the shit beaten out of her. He never apologizes to her. He apologizes to Buckeye Nation like three or four times. Right. The whole thing is bizarre. And so now, but the the suspension, like the actions that were taken against him, they're for him lying about knowing? Is that the deal? Yeah. Something along those lines. Because I'm, his 
this guy's wife was like text messaging his wife, correct? Yeah. So this guy's wife. Oh, this statement that you're about to read is kind of is one of the more comical things I've ever seen in sports alone. Yeah. This guy's wife was texting Urban Meyer's wife. Right. To reiterate. I think she was showing pictures, too. Yeah. Like, this guy beat the fuck out of me. And, of course, of course, Urban Meyer's wife, the first thing she's going to do is tell Urban. So this is from the findings. By the way, they reviewed – I read it. I mean, Ohio State supposedly reviewed, like, 16,000 text messages, thousands of emails, all this shit. Here's one of the statements from their findings. And and Ohio after reviewing all those, Ohio State determined that the football team makes a ton of money, and Urban Meyer is a really good football coach. So we've decided to do literally nothing. Here's the thing I'm going to read, which Prano was laughing about. In the course of our review, the factual discussion in this summary reflects we identified a pattern of troubling behavior by Zach Smith, promiscuous and embarrassing sexual behavior, drug abuse, truancy, dishonesty, financial irresponsibility, a possible NCAA violation, and a lengthy police investigation into allegations of criminal domestic violence and cybercrimes. Repeatedly, Zach Smith's conduct was met with reprimands and warnings by Coach Meyer, but never a written report, never an investigation, and no disciplinary action until July 23rd, 2018. While we do not doubt that Coach Meyer respects women and is dedicated to fostering an environment of respect for women in his program, his apparent blind spot for Zach Smith seems to have impaired his judgment and his management of the behavior of at least one of his assistants. What the fuck are we talking about here? His apparent blind spot. So they list all these things that they identified. Which Urban Meyer knew, but didn't report until a month ago? Right. Correct. Dude, it's you. You know what's so wild about all this? Well, first of all, we're all hypocrites. You know that's always my theme, and I'm going to preach it because uh, you said it right there at the end of the day. The football program makes a shit ton of money. The horseshoe is 110,000 people every home game. Urban Meyer is arguably the top two coach with Nick Saban. He's got an ex- insane history and pedigree. But what's crazy to me is. When we live in this hypersensitive Me Too age, it doesn't fucking matter. But what's amazing is... It doesn't matter because of those things. But what's amazing is Paterno's wins removed from the record book, Paterno's statue down, all that stuff, not nearly, not nearly, not, not nowhere close to the evidence that he knew... That this is going on. Urban Meyer, a 50-something-year-old guy in the age of fucking text message and emails and all that stuff, as as opposed to a fucking 80-year-old dude that some former assistant, some assistant told him that some other assist, former assistant was doing that, gone, wiped. And everybody agrees. Should have known, should have done something like that. This is having evidence no, knowing the facts, no one's denying that he absolutely a hundred percent knew what was happening and lied about it. Three games. It's wild, dude. 
absolutely wild. Because what? Paterno hadn't won, hadn't been in a national championship game recently? Again, I just can't believe in the age we live in. I just can't believe with the precedent that was set from that incident that this guy got three a three-game suspension. Yeah. And again, I, I, look, we're all hypocrites. We are. But... Well, I don't watch college football for a number of reasons, this included. Because the whole thing's a sham, right? Well, so is the NFL. We, we, we watch guys who right. aren't the best people, or we, we go to movies of actors who aren't the best people, or listen to music. That, that's my point. There, there's, there's a lot of hypocrisy across the board, but this makes Ohio State, as a university, the Ohio State University, which my little brother is about to finish dental school in, it makes them and their university and the president there, it makes them all look like giant pieces of shit. It does. You, at the end of the day, didn't take any moral high ground. And again, I'm not saying I'm a better person. I don't want people to think like, like I'm not saying, I'm just saying you're an institution of higher learning and you gave him three games when, like Joe said, he clearly fucking knew. But aren't you a better person? Let's be honest. If if some dirtball said, look, Joe Prano, I, I've been texting him and fucking whatever about, uh, you know, he's basically involved in a situation where I'm beating up my girlfriend and I, I'm hitting my girlfriend in the face uh, every time Joe Prano says, kill yourself on the Dirty Sports Podcast. I've been sending him pictures. I've been doing all that stuff. And you just, and you found out and you were like, you wouldn't go like, why, why wouldn't you tell me any of this? And then you go like, Deadspin's writing a story about it. Like, seems like this is a weird, like, wouldn't you be like, uh, maybe I don't want to fucking, maybe we do, like, maybe you're not the co-host of the Dirty Sports anymore? There's a million sports blogs that are saying Dirty Sports is the worst fucking piece of shit organization ever because Joe Prano is basically advocating some dirtball beating up his wife or, or the intern was beating up his wife. Well, I'd like to think that, yeah. I would if I found out from you that like y- you and Trevor had been text messaging back and forth about Trevor beating the shit out of like his the two dogs he's watching or something like that. I'd have been like, yo, fuck all y'all. I'm out of here. I have no interest in being involved. In it. By the way, that's a hypothetical situation. Trevor is a fantastic dog owner. <laughs> but hypothetically, if I suddenly found out that you guys have been going back and forth for months about this like dog abuse situation, I'd be like, I'm out, bros. This is yeah. fucking weird. Well, there, well, you, done. you make a good point. There is a precedent. Yeah. And now, as a university, Ohio State has set this bar so fucking low. They have. Dude, it's Ohio State. They have been a blue blood dominant program. But, but wait, hold on. What about the other precedent that's already been set from that school? Didn't Tressel get fucking, didn't he get fired over like free tattoos or something? But that's another thing I want to bring up. People forget Terrell Pryor was suspended 
five games over free tattoos. Their star quarterback, Terrell Pryor, was suspended five games for free tattoos. So basically, Ohio State is saying it's worse for a college athlete to get free tattoos than it is, you know, and a young kid too who's going to make naive decisions. It's worse for a young kid in his 20s to accept free tattoos than it is for a grown man in his 50s to repeatedly ignore that one of his assistant coaches was beating the living hell out of his wife. That's what Ohio State has basically determined and set as a precedent. It's awful. It's completely and utterly awful. Now, where do you usually come down on Ohio State as an Ohio guy? Are you, do you, like, typically, you don't give a shit? Well, I've said my dad was always anti-Ohio State. Yeah, until your brother enrolled. And then my brother enrolled, and Walt's the biggest homer ever. And, uh, I mean, I went to a game last year, and I'll be honest, I was looking at going to a game this year with my brother. Um, again, am I a hypocrite if I go to a game? Yeah, probably. But are you... <laughs> But typically, you don't root for them. Like now, I'm. I hope they lose every game. Like, let me put it this way: when they're on, I'm kind of indifferent. Or in the past, I'm not really rooting for them. I'm not rooting against them. Now, a lot of my brothers hate Ohio State, but they also have to deal with Ohio State fans, right? So, like, my I mean, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I sold all my Ohio stock years ago, but. I've seen under the tweets, there are people from Ohio still defending Urban Meyer. Did you see under mine? Did you see that? Did no. you see that one, dude? No, but I'm not surprised. I tweeted last Ohio, like honestly. I tweeted last night. Urban Meyer could have been the dude who drove Aaron Hernandez's car in those drive-by shootings, and Ohio State still wouldn't fire him. This dude wrote underneath it. Who did Urban Meyer physically abuse again? Well, like, you, like, yeah, but you you didn't say that he was the shooter in there in Hernandez thing. You said he would be the driver. That was that's why I purposely did that, right? And then these people are debating under my tweet. He didn't do anything. What do you mean he didn't do anything? He looked the other way. He looked at. I wonder how Ohio. I wonder as an Ohio State fan if they said had the same opinion about Joe Paterno, who didn't do anything either. Or let's say if their arch rival, if something yeah. happened with Jim Harbaugh, dude, he looked the other way. And Prano's analogy is right. It's it's like if you did something really bad, the whole the whole dirty like we have to reevaluate everything. Yeah. I mean, there was, fuck it, I'll just say it. He doesn't live here anymore. And it's funny because we actually got a comment in the YouTube section from our our boy Enemy of the Stanga wanting to know uh, if anyone else died in Savage Town. There have been no other deaths in Savage Town as a quick update. But a guy who used to live two doors down from me, I heard a woman getting hit. I was out grilling. They don't have those grills anymore. And I, I heard a lot of noises, and uh, I called the cops. This is like six or se- this is like six years ago in Savage Town. I called the cops because it's the right thing to do. Whether whether 
She's faking it. I don't know. It's not my place. Look. Right. But I called the cops. Every time I saw that guy after that at the pool, he was always a nice guy to me. I never hung out with that guy once, is my point. He was my neighbor, two doors down. He always wanted to hang out. He always wanted to do stuff. He was in the, uh, he was in the entertainment business, like behind, you know, producer, behind the scenes, all that shit. Anyway, I know for a fact, I'm pretty sure he was hitting that girl. But you're also saying you don't know for sure, but you're still not going to hang out with him. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Always ask, Urban Meyer knew for sure. Always asked me to hang out. Urban Meyer knew for sure. He had some really cool stuff, equipment too. He wanted to basically let me use for dirty sports. Never did I accept it. Never did I. Every time he knock on my door, it's like never did I. I never told him that I called the cops on him. What's the point? Uh, he, he for sure had a cocaine problem too. But my point is this. I didn't hang out with him. I didn't accept any of his offers. I, I was friendly. But like you said, yeah. I didn't know for sure that he was hitting his girl. But I don't want to be around that type of person. Again, it, it goes back to the same thing that it just there's no consistency whatsoever. I was, you know, I low key defended the Paterno thing because, like I said, it's like the head coach of, like Joe Paterno was the fucking mayor of the town. He had a lot of things on his plate. What did that senile old man know about what happened thirty years ago? Or 20 years ago. Or whatever it was. I don't know. And. Everything's gone. His wins are gone. His statue's gone. Everything. It's it's basically like he didn't coach. Urban Meyer knew. This is out there. He has all the information. So. You know. He facilitated one of his assistant coaches beating up his wife. He facilitated it. Three games? Seems wrong. Seems like he should have at least... Seems like he should just be fired, and that's it. Well, a point I was going to make earlier was this. It's Ohio State, right? They're a blue blood. They're not going to have a problem replacing... You know well, they saying? will this year. That's the thing. It's all money. But my point is this. But what do you, what do you mean? I'm saying, Joe, if they fire Urban Meyer, let's, let's say they fire him. Let's say they fire Urban Meyer. Let's say they lose to TCU. Let's say they lose to Penn State in week five. National championship hopes are over. No playoff football money. No uh, winning the conference money. No bowl game money. No uh, recruits. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's got millions and millions of dollars in repercussions. And that's it. That's but, all they care about. But my argument is this, that that, that won't happen. Even, even, if, even if Ohio State, a bad, a bad year. A bad, I think the most games Urban Meyer's lost is two. He's been there six or seven years. A bad year for them is four losses. Even if Ohio State loses four games. They still are always a top 10 recruiting class. They're still going to pack the horseshoe every week. But, with, but without, with four losses and without a coach? My argument is they can get somebody by next season, a great coach, to put them right back. That That is a, that is a, hold on, would you not agree with me? But uh, the, the Penn State got Bill O'Brien. But they're doing good again. Look, look at Ohio, look at Penn State again. Yeah. They build it right back up. Under James Franklin. My point is this. Ohio State is, without a doubt, a top five destination for any well, coach. Well, if you were the president of the university, then you just convince your board members, guys, it's not going to be that big of a hit, and this is why we have to fire him. 
good. You're a different president than this guy who's probably worried about losing his job. And everybody knows that, let's be honest, it's a fucking sham. Who is, the only reason anybody talks about the, the Ohio State University is their football team. Yeah. If their football team had won three games every year over the last 30 years, do you think your brother's in dental school there? I don't know. He might have been like, you know what? Maybe I go to Michigan. He applied to Michigan too, actually. See? He got in. I think, I think, I, I assume. In state tuition. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. A bad look. And, and, and to wrap it up, like you said, anybody who defends this, it's, it's just wild. Like, it's, it's, it makes no sense. You, you can't defend this. He knew. He fucking knew. And I don't know how you sleep at night. That's the truth. On a pile of money. That's how he sleeps at night. But shit, Prano. If I knew you were beating your girlfriend... Let's say, let's say we're killing it. Let's say Dirty Sports is killing the game, bro. It's it's all... And like, we're making yeah. all this money. I still wouldn't... Like, come on, man. Or vice versa. The same way with me. It's like... But that's, that's the... It, it really, to me, it's not even a business decision. It's an ethical one. I'd be like, I can't sit on the couch with you. I'd rather fucking put you, throw you out your goddamn window than do a, a podcast with you. Yeah. He's like, nah, come on into the coach's room. You want to review game film? Yeah. It's a fucking big hit right there. Not like the one I gave the misses, but pretty big nonetheless. Urban's like, that's a good one. And Urban Meyer, where did he get his start? His first ever coaching gig. Cincinnati St. Xavier, my high school. Really? And he was like a DB coach. Wow. When was that? I don't know. He went from... uh, because he got a degree from University of Cincinnati, I think like a master's. Jeez. So he, he's got a lot of ties. I, Ohio. I am out. Yeah. <laughs> out of Ohio. Because then he ended up coaching at University of Cincinnati as an assistant, worked his way up, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida. Yeah. Ohio and Mormons. Ohio and religion. I've, I've sold all my stock years ago. Goes to Utah, gets around a bunch of Mormons, goes... Who cares he beat up his wife? How many of his wives did he have? He only beat up one of 12. They're like, no, nah, he's just got that one wife. Ah, fuck, whatever. We have any comments? We have any questions? We have anything before we wrap up? Yeah, man, let's wrap it up. Uh, here's a question from Jorge Morales. Have you guys announced the Madden giveaway winners yet? They will be, they will be announced next week. Okay. Do we have winners? Or next show. I have not drawn the win. It's computer generated. So I, I, I push a little button and... Boom. They will draw the winners. So the winners will be drawn uh, next by next episode. Great. We'll do that. Now we got we got a we got a lot of a lot of comments, not too many questions. A lot of it was earlier in the show. Uh, oh, we can ask you this one, Joe. Sure. From Nick Yardley. Who does Joe hate more? Kobe or Mello? Um I hate Mello. For ruining my team. Um, I hate Kobe slurpers. Kobe just did what, like, look, Kobe, I mean, obviously he sexually assaulted somebody, so 
not a super like Kobe Bryant as a person fan. Ohio State would have loved him. Yeah, but like, yeah, uh, that's it's tough. I, I guess I hate Melo more just because he ruined my team. But Kobe, Kobe didn't exactly support Mike D'Antoni either. Pretty equal, pretty equal. I guess I got to give a slight edge to Melo because he was a Nick. Will you be going to Las Vegas for the Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods? What are we calling this? What would be the term of that? They're, they're just playing each other for nine million dollars. Well, I I think I think most golf fans are calling it the the sixth major. <laughs> he finished second in the sixth major. I I think it's I I tweeted about it last night, and this is going to be my full statement on it. So many Tiger fans were rock hard about him finishing a second in something that he created an event where that's the lowest he could finish. Did you see he finished second against Phil? Um, I, I, oh, I'm, I'm only going to Vegas for that if they also have a Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony one-on-one tournament that day. In a, in a, in a things that were cool in 2008 event weekend in Vegas. Well, that's how I was going to describe it. You'd probably know more about this than me because I don't know much about the boxing world. Now, is... Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods. This is the analogy I was thinking in my head. Holyfield, Tyson, three. Or, or no, is it when like, bo- yeah, when boxers fight when they're both past their prime? Because Tiger's 42, Phil's 48. You know, do you know what, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of a fight. Or did they ever do like a fight just kind of for fun past their prime? I don't know. I'm sure people are going to be fucking stoked about this. I don't know where Phil Mickelson is in the world of golf. I, I, I don't care at all for the world of golf. But I guess cool. Like a cool $9 million. But let me put it this way. It's a charity event, basically. It's a, it's a, it's a Look, it's a smart event. They're teaming up with pay-per-view. It's going to generate, obviously, a lot of money. It's a pay-per-view event? Yeah. It's gonna That's gen- unbelievable. It's going to generate a lot of money, a lot of interest. Um Turner Sports is producing it, a pay-per-view event telecast. Yeah. Wow. Re- November, Friday, I, November 23rd. I would love to know the people that would pay to watch that. But you know what it is, Prano? It is... Uh, we're we're having the Ruther Goldberg Spelling Bee the same weekend in Vegas. It'll also be forty four ninety five. This is what it is. It's a gimmick. Now... The reason I say gimmick, it's important to note, if you're past your prime and you're not one of the elite guys, you're not doing this shit. Does that make sense? I don't know. I could be wrong. I I don't know when they've done this uh, head-to-head. Again, I could could be completely wrong. So come at me, guys. You're an idiot, Ruther. But my point— I don't remember any pay-per-view golf event. That's what I'm saying. Again, it's, it's like a gimmick thing. Yeah. Tiger, Phil, Dad Bod, Mayweather, fucking McGregor. One guy who's never boxed versus the greatest boxer ever. How will this go? One guy's black, the other guy's white. Pick a side. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting. Is it a skins tournament? Is it a? Is it just like a stroke play? I think they're just playing head to head. Better score. Winner takes all. It'd be better if they were playing for each other's money. But my argument is this. The reason I say it's a gimmick. Tiger Woods in his prime isn't doing this shit. That's all I'm saying. 
all these other guys in their prime, like, who are some of the good golfers now? Like, like Ricky Fowler versus... Uh, yeah, Dustin Johnson. Are not doing this. That's all I'm saying. But like, also, no one's watching it because the only people that anybody cares about are the guys who were good 10 years ago. Tiger Phil. Right. I'm telling you, this is a mellow Dwight Howard one-on-one bas- basketball game on pay-per-view. Is this like... Uh, when two tennis players play past their prime? Kobe, Ginobili, yeah. for all the marbles. What? What? They're both 40. Is this like... Uh, this is this is like what's the, what's the movie Battle that, of the Sexes. Yes. Yeah. This is, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Tiger's going to play in a dress. <laughs> what's, 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 what's the female? Can we get Michelle Wee in this uh, golf tournament? Also, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Four people enter. Only one leaves. Phil, Tiger, Wee, Happy. Bill Murray. <laughs> now, now we're getting on board. You yeah. toss in Sandler dressed as Happy Gilmore. John Daly. Bill Murray. Who promises to play all 18 holes over the legal limit. Oh, bro. Yeah. I mean, we got us now. You get a foursome. <laughs> Daly, Palmer, head to head. They'll both play while holding a drink. <laughs> Two men, one-handed clubbing. Very gimmicky. This is it's honestly Goldberg Ruther. It's the Goldberg Ruther basketball game. That's what this is. Can Trebelli ref this this golf tournament? Yeah. It's pretty hack. It's it's the equivalent. And again, it'll do great. It it'll it's it's it'll garner all the interest. It'll do great. People will buy it. But to me it's the equivalent of a prop comic. It's hack. I call I, it hack. I, I, this is a serious question. I'd love the I'd love the over under. So it's gonna be a pay per view. If you take they're gonna play eighteen holes, right? Yeah. So, you know, the mid sixties is uh mid sixties is a good round. Sure. Right? So between the two of them, a hundred and thirty ballpark. Let's let's call it a hundred and thirty, you know, five. Over under. Amount of total strokes played in that in that head to head, or amount of times total that everybody that pays to watch this on pay per view has had sex. Total. One hundred and thirty five. One hundred and thirty five sexual intercourses ta- from it- people that are watching pay per view golf from two guys who whose primes are long over. Are we talking? Partners or no total like if you have sex you could have had sex five times in your life that's five oh well come on there'll be millions of people who pay for this but of those millions how many of them <laughs> that's what I'm saying how many of them have are are going with a, having a a zero number honey can you imagine that conversation honey we're buying pay per view golf this weekend I'll tell you one thing my dad. Who lives, lives on the Golf Channel, especially in retirement. It's all I ever hear from my mom, my brothers, my nephews and nieces. Every time I go over there, all my dad does is watch the Golf Channel. Zero percent chance. Zero percent? Zero. Hell no. 
Walt Ruther would never, ever pay for this. And I'll tell you what, that guy's had sex at least five times. At least. Do we end with this Richie Incognito story and wrap sure, up the show? Sure. I mean, somebody just tweeted that us, this at us. This headline is unbelievable. This is the headline from two hours ago from CBSSports.com. Police report: Richie Incognito wanted to cut off his dead father's head at funeral home. <laughs> Dude, if he signs on a team. Oh, he's signing a team, all right? He's the new offensive line coach for the Ohio, the Ohio State University. I'm saying he's savage of the year. Yeah. The former Bills offensive lineman wanted to procure his father's head in order to research it. Bro. Incognito was detained and arrested at a Scottsdale, Arizona funeral home where his father's funeral was being held earlier this week. So this is all recent. So like you can't take your dead dad's head out into the Scottsdale heat in August. It's 140 out there. His head will explode. At various points of his time at the funeral home, he threatened to return to his car, get guns out of the car, and shoot employees. I'm going to go to my car, get my gun, and shoot everybody. Shoot employees of the funeral home if they didn't allow him access to the proceedings and his father's body. Police did find firearms in his truck when they arrived. Well, no and shit. And a silencer. He had a silencer? Yeah, what are you, James Bond? According to the arrest, people from the mortuary said that the former pro bowler said he wanted his father's head cut off for research purposes and that he walked through the funeral home punching caskets and throwing things? Bro, savage. Punching caskets. Witnesses told police that Incognito was supposed to sign cremation papers but was unwilling to cooperate because he wanted the goddamn head. (laughs) Give me the head. Yeah, Incognito, this guy. We need to research his brain. What's oh going? yeah, he's fu- he's got fucking crazy CTE, right? Oh, he's got insane CTE. I mean, again, if he signs with a team, it's not looking good right now. Yeah, he's almost forty. He is. Yeah, it's like thirty-seven or something like that. I still put odds on he gets a team before Des Bryant. No way. He was just trying to pro- procure his father's head. <laughs> Talk about a question mark. Dude, Ohio State didn't fire a coach who was letting his assistant beat the shit out of his wife. Can you imagine him getting can you imagine the Browns getting an injury? And he's like and Hugh Jackson picks him up. Now, Richie, look. I know you tried to decapitate your father and take his head. But if I found out if I find out that you try to get anybody else's head, that's it for you here. That's it for you. You get you get one decapitation attempt. That's it. <laughs> All right? Now, I know you like to bully guys, okay? I know you do. I know you know Jews from Miami. One time. This is a one time only. Now, I'm going to need you to stand up in front of the team. I'm going to need you to apologize for punching caskets. (laughs) And then after that, we're good. But this is the only time. Now, I know you had the the bully thing. And I know you had the other thing. And I know you tried to steal your dad's body. But that's it. Three strikes. You know the rule. Three strikes and you get a four strike if you play for Hugh Jackson. But after that four strike, (laughs) that's it. We're going to call this one a foul ball. You had two strikes and you fouled one off. Okay? But now a third proper strike, you're out of here. 
At least for the day. At least you're out of here for the day. Unreal. Well, guys, that's the episode. Please come see us live in Chicago. I'm getting more and more turned for Chicago as the days pass. Me too. Getting very turned. Once again, you can get tickets for the live podcast at dirtysportslive.eventbrite.com. These will all be in the description of the podcast. And uh, you can see Joe live at comedybar.com. He's headlining three nights. I will be there as well. So check it out. Baseball, comedy, live podcast. And who knows? Let's and be football honest. Sunday. We're going to be out and about. You're going to be drunk. I've already, I've already have somebody procuring me some marijuana. Oh, boy. So I'm going to unleash the beast in Chi-Town. Great. And we'll do it up. Yeah. Can't wait. JoePrano.com. Uh, Joe Prano on Instagram at Fix Your Life on Twitter go to my website all kinds of stuff there check out if you're up in the bay the shows I'm doing up there gonna be adding more in the next couple days uh, and then sh- Chicago Thank- shout out to everybody who sent me restaurants and things to check out here's what I'm definitely still looking for for suggestions I want like a proper Chicago bar to go drink like a mug, a Miller Lite. Like I want, I want to know like the the. Did you see the recommendation we got on Dirty Sports? No, you got to go to the Dirty Sports DMs. We got a great one from uh, at Sir Ray Love. He starts it out with, "What's up, fellas? I'm pretty fat, so I know good food." He's from Jersey and he's got friends in Chicago. Recommended some great spots, bars, and food. Great, very detailed. Yeah, I just want to get. I want to sit down at a bar where I can like. Slug some fresh Miller Lights and try some delicious food. We got a lot of days. We got a lot of days there, Ruther. It's going to get wild in Chicago, that's for sure. Can't wait. Chirac. That's right, guys. All right, so go to JoePrano.com, at JoePrano on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. You can follow me, at Andy Ruther, on all of the above. I've been doing a lot more stoned crawler, so you can check those out if you want to follow my Instagram. Stepping up the stone crawler game. All those stories. Yeah, where I get stoned and just ride around on my bike like an asshole. All right, guys, that's the show. Have a great weekend. Get those tickets. We'd love to see you guys in Chicago. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.